a single bed one of the angels uh minor leaguers asked he's like oh sure you do do you want the race car or the or the dune buggy you <laughs> do know? you want the barbie one <laughs> the barbie one yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll take the barbie convertible Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, the podcast version with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show. Fernando Mendez, still from New Jersey. Yeah, if, you, if you're not watching the YouTube version, you're listening on the podcast, he's got the great smokestacks of Jersey behind him, and that smell, the patented smell yeah. from New Jersey. There you go. I was in New York yesterday, it doesn't get much better in New York. You said <laughs> you've never been in New York, right? No, no, I've never been. But I've heard that if you walk down certain streets, you can actually fall through a pothole. That's that's the uh, rumor. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can walk down the street with some rats. Mm. Yeah, they're can... big. As, they're as big as cats over there, aren't they? I've seen one about the size of my foot. Yeah, and I mean, especially in the line of work I am. But <laughs> probably... the, surprisingly, like everyone tells me about how bad it is. Like all the like the clients that we have out here is really not that bad. Like, I'm inside of like our clients like facilities and stuff i've never seen a single one it's always oh. just like on the street where i've seen them oh okay, okay. around the neighborhoods or uh serving food in little taco trucks sometimes the rats are in there no That's not even dude there's nowhere near as many taco trucks as you think there are really taco trucks like hot dog vendors like there's a couple but it's like la has way more oh okay but it's all right man i'll take a hot dog a bacon wrap hot dog from a hot dog vendor over wiener schnitzel any day <laughs> you mean you don't like those processed hot dogs man come on man. dude it's a funny story and I, I won't stray too far along i don't want to turn to that show but uh one of those <laughs> but, but uh a couple of weeks ago we went to like uh, universal studios and then afterward i was like uh, okay well we gotta get something quick and at this point like i'd eaten out like literally like 14 days in a row because i'm always on the road so mm-hmm. all i ever crave is like home cooked meals everyone's like dude you get Benny Hanna's all the time and I had Margaritaville today and people are like dude you eat like a king and I'm like bro give me some spaghetti yeah <laughs> give me some homemade spaghetti anyway so my fiance was like I don't care just go somewhere the closest restaurant was Wiener Schnitzel and I haven't had Wiener Schnitzel mm. in like a decade and we strode up there and she was like what the heck are we gonna get here and I'm like I don't care I just order whatever on the menu I was so disappointed that food's so bad <laughs> yeah it's pretty terrible dude um yeah, before we get into the baseball talk, which we will right now, I gotta say I am not a fan of the Hoffy hot dogs at the stadium. I think the quality oh, okay. the, the quality went down, bro. Like I used to like Angel hot dogs. They do not taste good, man. And I never thought I'd say this, but they have me hungering for a Dodger dog. And I hate Dodger dogs. Not I only used to because- love Dodger dogs like when they were still decent. Yeah. I I don't know what they who makes them now for them. They're not good anymore. Well, they're not definitely Farmer John anymore. I think when Vince yeah. Scully left, uh, they left as well. There's something else, but uh, well, Farmer enough- John used to have the Angel dogs too. Yeah, yeah, we used to have quality. We used to have quality. So yeah. uh, I knew when Hoffy came in, I'm all, wasn't that a bike back in the day? Well, I guess <laughs> not. But uh, anyway, I'm all Angels. If you're listening. <laughs> it's time to switch the hot dogs. You know what? And I'll say this: some people are going to come after me for this. Angel Stadium, 
underrated food. I'm not saying it's cream of the crop. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's the best in baseball. But yeah. the food at Angel Stadium is not that bad. That big A burger stacks up with any fast food cheeseburger. Yeah, you know what? You recommended that. James got me one. We did that whole, like, taste test. And yeah, tell I, me why. Yeah, <laughs> I was blown away, dude. That was really good. Uh, it's real good. And now the, the Angel Hot Chicken place they have there is good. The big cheese there on, like, the, the concourse level on uh-huh. the third base side, that place is pretty underrated. They used to where the uh, – God, what's there now? Uh, it was a ballast point for a minute. Uh, they used to have this like angels uh, chicken sandwich, and that was bomb. I don't think it's there anymore. They used to have chicken wings. And yeah, those yeah. were also good. Angels wings. Yeah, they they had some pretty good spots. It's, they've come and gone, but uh, yeah. And then they've had stinkers like they used to have Carl's Jr., Jack in the Box, like Panda Express. I'm like, what are these things here? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you're listening to Fox and Nando in the morning. <laughs> yeah, dude, us with the morning show would be hilarious. We could just sit here and not talk about Angels baseball, and then one time be like, save it, one tickets. Yeah, exactly. Be like, oh yeah, there was a game last night, but but yeah, there was a series the other day. <laughs> There's a two game series. Which started the homestand, and it was with the Texas Rangers, a team that currently we're ha- we have a losing record against, and we didn't improve that as we uh, finished this two game series. Uh, yes, what ha- what happened in Game One? We're gonna break it down, and then we're gonna get into Toronto when we finish up everything. So Noah Syndergaard had a hell of a se- had a hell of a game on uh, was mm-hmm. Tuesday. Yes. So eight innings pitched, four hits, one run. It was earned. No walks. That's the biggest number there. Five strikeouts and a home run. He improved to a season best three zero eight ERA. Uh, yeah. well, I, I guess I shouldn't say season best, but uh, do you think do you think he should have finished that game out? I think he should have had an opportunity to, because then you had the super looper come and drop a super pooper. <laughs> Fruit Looper went in there and gave up three runs. Game to cancel again. <laughs> but <laughs> it's all how you take it. I meant the cereal. Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> but man, not. I mean, like, look. Um, we, you saw what Syndergaard. I love his words before the game. He was pissed off. He said, "Hey, what happened in Texas is is something that doesn't happen to me a lot. I screwed up. It's on me. I'm going to come out with here with the best performance or one of my best performance." And credit to him, he did. He came out there and pitched his ass off. He held Texas uh, in under control the entire game. The Angels seemed to do just enough to get some runs. Uh, Walsh went deep, which was good to see. And uh, the Angels uh, put up a five spot before you know it, and they cruised to a victory to the end. And only problem is Inglacius had to come in there and nail down a save, but he's looked better. But impressions on loop, man. Um, is, there, is there something that he's not doing mechanically? I mean, because he's all of a sudden gone from unhittable to hittable. I mean, I watched that game on the, or I listened to that game on the radio, so I don't exactly get to see his delivery. I mean, that'd be a good question to ask someone like Ace. Uh, she knows baseball like the back of, you know, Joe Madden's bong. <laughs> Not the way she knows Joe Madden's bong, but I'm sure the way Joe Madden knows his own bong. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I, clearly something's up. And unfortunately, that's kind of been the trend lately with the Angels' bullpen. Mm hmm. There's really been nobody who's been untouchable over the last, you know, two, three weeks. You know, everyone's kind of had their faults. Everyone's kind of had their issues. Uh, even Rysel got roughed up, you know, but this time, yeah, he came in for a one out, got the save. And they move on, get the W against the Texas Rangers, where at that point they were three and four against Texas. Now, Texas has played better in this month uh, or in the month of May. 
uh, coming through here. Uh, Texas has gotten themselves actually, um, as we speak right now, they are in third place. Uh, not what we expected. Uh, so they're playing much better baseball. Oakland's in fourth, and Seattle has dropped to fifth, which we kind of uh, flip flopped that one. We had Seattle both uh, both of us had them finishing third. Yeah, uh, well, you had them go being a good team this year. You're like they're going to be sneaky. So as of right now, you're eating crow on that one. But it's still early for all of us, right? It's still early well, for. Well, yeah, I mean, they made those trades for those two hitters from uh, the, the third baseman, I believe the outfielder for the Reds, um, uh, Winkler or something like that. And yeah, the, other, the third third baseman, those are guys that were hitting 20 to 34 bombs last year. And right away, you know, this year, they're both batting like under 200 minuscule numbers. That whole lineup is like, I think they have seven guys under 200. I mean, that's that's really bad. They are struggling to say the least, but I mean, Hey, no skin on my nose. Go ahead. We send Justin Upton. That's great. That's cool. That's cute. Yeah. He can hit 200 as well over there. But, yeah. Yeah. He'll be a career. If he's, when he's hot. Yeah. When he's hot. Yeah. There you go. When he's leading off, he'll be leading the team with hitting. If he does that over there, 220 or something. Shit. Oh yeah. As a leadoff hitter. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and Eagles, we finally got something up on uh, Dunning. We finally gave Dunning an L. Yes, we did. That was the third start. We've already seen him this year. Uh, I think he was one and zero against us uh, in a no decision. Um, so even in the game where he got roughed up early in the game, uh, I think the first time we faced him, he uh, he wound up blasting six innings because uh, he pitched through it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, good start uh, for Syndergaard. He shows you what he can give you, and gets his fourth win of the season. Uh, he's still one behind the team league uh, lead, which is Lorenzen with five, and uh, that set us up for a start. Uh, on Wednesday, which was uh, Reed Detmers versus some guy. I forgot the name of the Texas Ranger guy. Uh, Otto? Yeah, there you go. Otto. Otto. So this was one going into it, bro. I really thought, okay, he had a stinker last time like te- in Texas. I thought Reed would do the same thing Syndergaard did. Not exactly give you eight innings or whatever, but I thought he'd give you six innings and hold you down to like two or three runs and give the team an opportunity to win. Yeah, here's the part where everyone blames me and says because I compared him to uh, Dallas Braden. <laughs> well, it's because you compared him to that guy with the beard. <laughs> well, I mean, he's always asking for change, so I mean, we're not. <laughs> he's like, I thought he was homeless. You just walk over there. Uh, the, uh, you walk over and give him like two dollars. Here you go, man. It's like I'm not homeless. <laughs> I'll be like, all right, all right, we get you, we get you. You're not homeless. You're just. You're just a house. Uh, what's that called? House depraved right now. We'll, we'll give you some. Surprise. Walmart. Yeah. Well, you're just too busy catching possums in the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> no, no. He's actually going after the seagulls that, you know, after the game, they like, they fly in and they go after the food left in the stands. So, yeah. Dude, I went to Atlantic City today and I'm just like, who on earth would ever come here? <laughs> it's Dude, the same you- thing. There was like just seagulls galore. <laughs> just See, like- I heard that place was, well, back in the day, that was the Vegas of uh, the East Coast. So yeah, well, it's definitely not now <laughs> to see what it is. Now I've seen videos of it, man, you ain't lying. You ain't. Yeah. That was very depressing. <laughs> see, like you go to Vegas and like, you know, the city's a glow and it's popping. Like even when it's dull, like, you know, cause there's nobody there. Like, you know, it, it feels like Vegas and you go here and it's like, Whoa, it's like the Walmart Vegas. Oh yeah. 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 It's like Las it. Vegas is like Disneyland mm-hmm. and Atlantic city is like, that's pretty fun. I think you're putting down Knott's Berry Farm right there, dude. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Adventure City. There you go. <laughs> With a one roller coaster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paulie D was here one time. 
<laughs> it's an old faded picture of Polly D up there. <laughs> oh man. Um, so getting into it, what happened in that Angels game uh, with Otto? Uh, well, the Rangers ended up winning the game. Reed Demers only pitched six innings, uh, five hits, five runs. They were all earned. Walked one, which the walk numbers just looked pretty good. Three strikeouts and gave up two home runs. Mike Meyer, uh, Myers made his last start in theory, or last bullpen appearance in theory as an angel, since he has then been DFA'd. I'm sure we'll get to that. And then Bradley came back for his first appearance off the I.O. Are you digging the two earrings? Uh, from Bradley? Yeah. Hey, man, whatever makes you pitch better. I mean, it's, it's okay, but, I mean, I mean, they're trying to bring back the 80s look because I had a waiter, not to go off topic again because we're not that show, but uh, but we're going to do that since it was a two-game series. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, no, I, um, I had a waiter with those long Barry Bonds-type earrings, and I'm like, okay, you know, like, it's not that it's it represents something to me. It's just like, man, they're bringing back the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, so I wonder if we're going to get all those weird 80 styles back again. Cause if that's the case, I kind of, I kind of dig that. I, I kind of got, you know, when I, when I was growing up and I started notice, noticing fashion, that stuff was already faded out or just about faded out. So yeah, bringing back the 80s would be kind of cool for me. So sidebar right there. Yeah, I'm an old man talk. Here he is. <laughs> He's back. Dick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I had to. But, um, yeah, yeah, honestly, man, I don't care, man. Just go out there and pitch, you know what I mean? There Whatever you makes you feel yourself, cool, man. You go for it. You be you, brother. And he – brother. And he and he did pretty good, though. Uh, he pitched pretty good, that solid inning. He did. Yeah. He did. He looked, he looked sharp, especially, uh, you know, coming off of uh, off a, an injury and uh, off of, what, only one appearance in the mm-hmm. little part, or did he do two? I think one. Yeah, I believe it was one also. I mean, but, hey, he looked good. He looked sharp. He looked like he trusted him stuff. He looked like he wasn't afraid to, you know, get – you know, to re-aggravate anything. It's another option for for uh, Madden to throw late in the game. If maybe yep. a guy like Tapera is thrown too much or Loops thrown too much, he can go with Bradley in the setup or the seventh inning type dude. So yeah, it's but so uh, you know I, I already brought it up. Mike Myers. Let's talk about that. Mike Myers sure. Sure. getting DFA. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I think. Uh, he has so much potential. I think we saw it uh, two years ago. I think we saw it last year with his home and away, how effective he was. But I think what it comes down to is literally we talk about it a lot about pitchers having a role. And he is definitely one of those pitchers that needs a role. He is ineffective when just being plucked to come in in the sixth inning, plucked to come in in a six-run lead or deficit he has to know when he's going to come in, what situation I think for him to be effective. And when he's not, you get the Mike Myers you got the other night. Yeah. He's kind of a man without a mission, right? You know, like you said, you know, he kind of gets thrown in there for all kinds of different things. You know, you're the mop up guy today. You're the sixth inning guy today. Oh, we need you to go into the eighth. You know what I mean? And yeah, I I think there's a lot of bullpen guys who have to be in roles, maybe just because there's just certain ways their brain operate. Yep. For instance, when Rysel goes up there just to get some work in for cleanup duty, he's not good. Yep, yep. But when he's using the same situation, that's his element. He's yeah. dominant most of the time. You know, nine times out of ten, he's probably going to get the save. Exactly. I mean, he blew, what, five or six saves last year? Uh, that's a lot better than what we had years ago, like oh, in 2020. Yeah. And, and So, yeah, I think these guys need somewhere where they can be consistent. Absolutely. Sorry to cut you off. Um, oh, you're but, good. 
but like a guy like I would say that's the exact opposite of Myers is Herget. Herget, yeah, Herget you could yeah, you could start him, you can close, you can middle relief, uh, you can mop up uh, a lot of stuff. He's just he's that dude, and and he's got that mentality of oh, I don't care what what it is, I'm just gonna get an out. But Myers seems to be like okay, I need to I need to get productive outs. I need to get big time outs. And I think when he's in there, he just doesn't have his head wrapped into it, and he looks like a different pitcher. The problem with Jimmy Herget is he's the exception, not the rule. Okay. True, true. Yeah. So, you know, Jimmy Herget is real good. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him get saves this year. We've seen him pitch two or three innings. We've seen him start games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hey, we'll take that. Absolutely. And and I think uh, now we have other guys. Like, like I'm really excited to see Kaheda. I really liked it. I, I liked his – his delivery in the in spring training, I mean, it looked electric, and um, he had a stutter, like sort of like um, Robles a couple of years ago, where he would stop and then do or do a quick pitch. So he's he's adding things to his repertoire, and they really liked him coming out of spring. But he had that little side injury that uh, that sat him so far the first couple months of the season. But he's super close to coming back. He's looking good in Salt Lake. And then we're also like you've been telling me over and over every show, man, and it's with with good uh, saying is is that Butchery's getting close. His fastball's getting faster. He's, you know, utilized his pitches a lot better. He's about 96, 97 right now. So his fastball's getting back up there. Geez, so those those are those are two power pitchers that'll join this already good, talented bullpen. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing that people are forgetting about is the fact that we have guys down there who sure were just drafted last year, but, you know, they have what it takes to come up here and make an impact out of the bullpen. Sam Bachman can come up here and, you know, give you some innings, just like Frankie did. A couple, I was going to say a couple of years ago. Crazy to think it was two decades ago. Jeez, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, you know, <laughs> time has flown by, and I think, didn't he just retire too? Think about it, Rodriguez, Frankie Rodriguez? He retired maybe like, what, three, four years ago? I'll look it up real quick when you talk. Oh, okay, yeah, because I remember he was pitching with uh, several different teams at the end of his career. He was with, bouncing around with Milwaukee, the Mets, uh, you know, he uh, pitched with, a, I forget, Detroit at one point. He was a part of their postseason run. It was, I, gu- I guarantee you, for a lot of Angel fans, it was hard to see. 2017. Him. Oh, 2017. It was, it was hard to see him leave this organization and go somewhere else and flourish. I mean, that was our guy, you know what I mean? Like, he yeah. was so big in that year. He's uh, eligible, I believe, what, this year to be a Hall of Famer? After this year, right? It's five years, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Well, did he finish the 17th season or did he he, he finished the 17th season? Also, oh, then he he'll be eligible 23 then. Okay. Yeah, he's... man, he needs to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, I've I've asked that question on the question of the day before and half the people are super yup and the other half are like, "No, he doesn't deserve it. He's a closer." Well, does I'm sure he... you can figure out the age demographics that fit yes, each way. Yes. <laughs> but but doesn't he have it doesn't he have comparable numbers to Lee Arthur Smith? Because if he's anywhere close to Lee Arthur Smith, he should be getting in. And and same with like I don't think he touches uh, Mariano Rivera. He might he may get close, but hey, thing- he's got Hall of Fame numbers. All right, so Lee Smith, because uh-huh. Lee Arthur's in, and because and then and I think he got in because of longevity. Like Lee Arthur pitched for a lot of teams, even the Angels at one point. Like he was a mentor for Troy Percival. Let's see. Why? I don't know why it opened it up like this. But uh, yeah, Lee Arthur was a, is is definitely a pitcher that uh, made the Hall of Fame. And if 
he has numbers like that, then they're letting in closers. Um, isn't Brad Wagner in there too? I believe so. I believe so. So 478 saves, 1,133 innings pitched, and do, 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 where is his ERA? Career A of 303. Okay. What's Frankie's? It's definitely. Okay. So Frankie's a career A of 2.86. Better. 52 total wins. Curry, uh, I already said Curry ERA, and he had 437 saves. Yeah, he should get in. It's Hall of Fame. He's, he's in. He's in. I, I, I don't see why how, how he shouldn't be. And if he does not go in as an angel, I'll be so pissed. Seven years <laughs> as an angel, five years as a brewer, three years as a Met, two years as a Tiger, one year as an Oriole. He's got to go in as an angel. Yeah, especially because he, he won a championship with the Angels. Yeah, yeah. And he, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he, wasn't he on the Detroit team that went to the World Series versus the I Cardinals? believe he was because it was 16 17. Yes. Yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. He won. So, of course, a champion in 2002, six time All Star, two time Rollins relief pitcher of the year. Yeah, I think, I think you get in because uh, it's Billy Wagner, not Brad Wagner, but Billy Wagner. I think had comparable stats to that too, or I think he even, he might've uh, passed Wagner as well. Cause I, I know Frankie was climbing the all time saves record. And I believe um, Mariano passed Lee Arthur. If I'm not mistaken, I think Mariano, Mariano Rivera is the all time saves leader. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, I think Mariano's got like five something, if I'm not mistaken. Billy Wagner has 422 saves and a career ERA and everyone's like rolling their eyes. Like ERA is not the most important stat. Right, but I mean, it matters here. Two thirty-one ERA, but I mean, still comparable. Yeah, it is. It is still comparable, and I think they go by strikeouts too. I think Wagner had a lot of strikeouts per innings pitched, and Rodriguez did too. I think he had more strikeouts per innings pitched than Lee Arthur. So a thousand one hundred ninety-six for Wagner. Uh, let's see, Frankie, a thousand one hundred and forty-two. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah. So you're looking at two. You're absolutely correct with your assessment of, of Rodriguez. I'm with you. Uh, you know, Rodriguez deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. You just put him up against Billy Wagner and Lee Arthur. Comparable stats, if not the same. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about him being compared to Trevor Hoffman or, you know, Marion Rivera. Those guys were the best of the best. They were the two goats when it comes to closers. Yep. yep. Will there ever be anybody like those two? I, I don't know. I'd honestly hesitate to say that. I mean, you know, you can't just look at someone and be like, yep, they're going to get, you know, 700 saves. Mm-hmm. They're going to get 600 saves. That's not something that's normal. Yeah, exactly. You know, we got a little spoiled by it because in our lifetimes, we saw it twice. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the Angels had, you know, back-to-back closers that were dominant for years, you know, Troy Percival, and then you had Frankie Rodriguez right into it, you know, yeah. uh, before you started getting to the lesser, <laughs> the lesser closers that came through the system after that. Houston Street. Yeah, Ryan Puentes. Ernesto Freire. Yeah, yeah, the list goes on. <laughs> you know, but, guys who were maybe average, but they weren't dominant, especially not compared to those two guys. Oh yeah, yeah, those guys they were they were set apart. You know, um, but so, yeah. Um, oh, oh no, no, I was gonna uh, change the topic. So if you have anything to finish off here, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Go for it. Okay, so I was gonna say, so I mean, that's basically it for the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was a short two game series. Mm-hmm. Um, so how about instead of covering the series to come uh, against the Blue Jays, you know, it's going to be a good series. We hope for it. You know, the Angels are going to finally have some real competition here against a very good team. All right. So instead of diving into that, 
let's instead talk about like the two biggest topics right out hand. Number one, what happened with Mary, Mayor Harry Sadu? Why am I bringing the, the Anaheim mayor resigning? Well, because it does directly have to do with the angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the corruption. Um, he's, he was involved in a lot of shady deals, a lot of kickbacks. And, uh, you know, the FBI investigated uh, local law enforcement. And, uh, you know, he had to resign, like you said. And now, uh, you know, the names that's been thrown around because of the big wigs that are involved with this, the city le- leaders and everything, are one Artie Moreno. And, uh, and the deal that was made with the city of Anaheim, uh, there's speculation that, uh, and I, I'll say this again, speculation that Artie gave kickbacks to the mayor to finalize that deal. Because if you think about the amount of money that teams are paying cities for, for property and the money that Artie gave and proposed to the city of Anaheim, which was passed and then uh, taken off the table twice, it investigated twice. That is chump change, you know, paying for all that. I mean, I mean, paying only 300 and some odd million for the land and then just promising to put up affordable housing, but you're going to be getting all this other perks. There was definitely, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, if this is coming down to already being uh, guilty with this or, you know, comp, you know, uh, you know, compromising the city of Anaheim and doing something shady, how do you expect to get away with this? Did, did he think that no one was going to look at this? I mean, this looks shady from the outside perspective, right? Yeah. And I mean, I won't say who on our team, um, you know, has a specific job where he kind of deals with or he's seen a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, he's done some research and he's the one saying, man, Artie Moreno's probably in some pretty big trouble here. And I think you and I were told it'd be roughly what, five to six years in prison. Yeah, it could, it could be a federal, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's if it's called racketeering, if that's part of it, or it's it's something embezzlement, or I don't know. No, no, embezzlement is different. <clears throat> but but yeah, he's he's definitely facing some federal charges. Yeah, and you know, there's still details to come. Maybe he covered up his footprints. Maybe you know, maybe it was like, oh, it was a donation. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't exactly know what was worked out. You would like to think that they probably try to cover up their footprints, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I I think it could it could be as severe like you said, of getting a five to six year term, you know, probably one with good behavior, if that, you know, or house arrest or whatever, but he could lose out on the team. Um, you, you could have a, one of these things where, okay, you know, um, the league is embarrassed by the shady go- goings on by your organization. And if you're found guilty, that just is another black eye on the, on the, um, on major league baseball. And we've seen how Manfred takes the law into his own hands. Imagine something like this. What if he gets the rest of the owners together and say, hey, this is a bad look. We need to make a change. Then what? It's the fact that this is this isn't the first time either. I mean, what? We had the whole Tyler Skaggs thing. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that came along with that. The, we had the Mickey Calloway situation, right, where this was the worst kept secret in sports. And I put that in air quotes because those were the quotes. Yeah. They said everyone knew he was doing this. Everyone knew he was a sleazeball. You know what I mean? And all this stuff has happened within the last – three years and that's just the stuff we know about who knows what's happened in the past that maybe wasn't covered by some of our spineless media you know what i mean and this is just the stuff that's coming to the surface now and like i said this is the kind of stuff that we are going to report because it's our job as a podcast as a non-paid government or yeah as a non-paid entity from the team 
We have to report this stuff. Are we going to try to stick with the facts? Absolutely. As of right now, I'm, we're not saying that Artem Moreno is getting arrested. We're saying it does not look good. There is an opportunity here that he did, you know, participate in some corruption by A, paying to expedite the process in which the vote took place, and B, he's involved in the city, like Todd said, knowingly knowing that the minimum amount of affordable housing wasn't being met. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got, <clears throat> there's so many layers to this thing. And then yeah. we were, me and um, Fernando were talking prior to the show about the whole Long Beach thing. <clears throat> and Long Beach is not just throwing it out there to throw it out there. They know that there's some major issues coming up and just to throw their hat in the ring and say, Hey, you know what? Look at Long Beach could be an option. You know, if ownership changes or if Artie needs an escape plan, We'll be happy to host you down here in Long Beach. Some Anaheim fa- fans scoff at that, but you never know. Things could happen. Uh, we've seen in the past with other professional franchises, the Sacramento Kings almost moved to, to Anaheim to play in the Arrowhead Pond. The Clippers almost moved there. Uh, things can happen in a blink of an eye, and those cities save their teams in the last second. So you never know what could happen. Uh, we, we all thought that the ownership for the Clippers would never change. Bomber came in took it. You know, they got rid of them. Uh, things can happen in the NFL. They've they've happened in different sports. Major League Baseball is no different. March shot was uh, taken out for racist comments for the Reds years ago. So things can happen. You get into trouble. It's it's a bad for business type deal. They'll make a change because in the end, if it's costing them money, you're not worth it. You know, you're only worth it if you're making the the organization and the baseball as a whole, the sport as a whole, money. If you're detracting from their bottom line. I don't care how good you are, or how cool you are with the rest of the owners, they'll get rid of you. So this is something that like Fernando brought up the other stuff that's been piling on. It's been just a couple to three years worth of bad uh, reputation and news for the angels. And it's mostly been off the field stuff and scandals. So uh, you never know, man, uh, we're, we're just gonna have to go through, uh, you know, right now they're doing the litigation or, or what is it? The, um, the uh, investigation. The, the, yeah, the investigation. The FBI investigation. So yeah. The civil suit with Skaggs is going on at the same time. No. So and this is on top of the Angels meeting the bare minimum for minor league organizations. Yep. Which everyone's like, well, hey, they're meeting the minimum. Dude, the Angels have already fallen behind in that. Mm-hmm. Every other team except for the Angels and the Astros in our division is overcompensating their minor leaguers. Hey, we'll give you your own room. The Angels are like, oh, we need to have two twin beds in each room. Bad. <laughs> we got you. Two twin beds. How much you want to bet they're probably used mattresses? And <laughs> so that's the bare minimum. So that is what they're offering. The Angels did not pay for extended spring training. The other organizations in the AOS did. Yeah, that's bad. That's an awful is, lot. When Oakland is outpaying you, that's something to say. And, and the, in the, both the, categories. Yeah, the only thing is, it's like, hey, man, do I get a single bed? One of the Angels uh, minor leaguers asked. He's like, oh, sure you do. Do you want the race car or the or the dune buggy? <laughs> or do you want the Barbie one? <laughs> the Barbie one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the Barbie convertible. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, uh, if it's not a bunk bed, I'm pretty sure that's what they're getting. <laughs> Even better, the bunk bed. They'll be like stepbrothers. <laughs> I got dibs on top bunk. Yeah, right. But Our the- boy Kenny Rosenberg's on the top bunk, and you got like... <laughs> You got Kai Bush at the bottom. The, it just kind of collapsed. He's like, oh, my God. Hey, Kai Bush is because he's so tall. His feet are hanging over the, the side. <laughs> yeah, right there on the aisle. And you're like, what's the injury? Man, is it? An, I hope it's not an arm thing. Bunk bed fell on top of him. 
That's the third one this week. Bruce face. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's, it's a sad sort of affairs. And again, like Fernando, if you hadn't brought this to the light last year, when we started this podcast, we would have never known. Um, and you know, another guy, you know, you got a, a hand on, uh, or you got to talking to some of the other players, Butchery and a few others. Uh, was it Kyle, uh, Lovegrove? I know I'm killing his name. Um, the one that was talking to us last year, Lovegrove. Kieran Lovegrove. There you go. Kieran Lovegrove. Yeah. Uh, having conversations with them. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to our podcast, go back to that one. Uh, Kieran, Kieran and, um, and Ty really explained exactly what was going on, how, how their experiences were in the minors. So it was good to check in with them. And, uh, that was eye opening, and, uh, that was before everything hit the fan. So, um, yeah, we're looking for things to be better. And right when you think, okay, maybe they're going to put this Skaggs thing behind us, they'll do the right thing. They'll pay them off. They'll take care of their family. They'll donate to their foundation. They don't do it. It goes through court. And then you get the criminal suit against the guy who was giving away drugs. You deal with him. And now you got this thing with Artie and the stadium mix-up. It's like, wow. And the whole time, this team's trying to get to the playoffs for the first time in seven years. Yeah. I mean, there's an awful lot going on right now. I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out. And, and like you said, and we're not even done with this Kags trial. Mm-hmm. It's just one thing after another. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it, the organiz- the sorry, the fan base has already turned on Artie Moreno. It's happened over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and I think it's only gotten worse since like what do you think coronavirus yeah that's kind of what sparked up everything because you know he wasn't paying the staff the game day staff he wasn't paying the minor leaguers that all this stuff came up and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse you know it was bad enough when tyler skaggs you know tragically passed mm-hmm. and then as more and more details came out it got worse and then as soon as we found out that he wasn't settling and he's gonna go to court you know what i mean it just oh it just yeah yeah, and I mean, especially when you got lawyers sitting there saying, well, they're fighting a losing battle. You know, yeah. they've, they've got all kinds. I mean, they should have settled out of court. And like you said, not paying these people that have been with you for years. And you and you, you wouldn't think what, that none of these organizations like the Daily Wire or, or ESPN or Fox Sports or whoever co- covers baseball wouldn't make these articles saying, oh, here are the list of teams that are paying their employees while COVID restrictions are on. And here's the ones that aren't. And lo and behold, the top one was the Angels. And it's like, dude, like, do you do you not know this is going to come out? I mean, just do the right thing. And I don't think that isn't that do the right thing motto is anything that Artie has ever based his life or decision making on. Nope. No, I, I mean, I, I don't think he's a good person, to be honest with you. I, I just don't. You know, I've never met him. Mm-hmm. I can't completely make up my mind because I haven't met him and that would be unfair but I mean you know just seeing the <laughs> things we have seen kind of tells you everything you need to know if I had the money to pay my people during a global pandemic when everybody was scared I would pay my people why because when everything's over I would like them to come back to work and people are going to have a bad taste in their mouth and they're going to go find another job and then you're going to be screwed you know what I mean? Let's be honest. Working at a stadium, selling peanuts, probably not the most appealing job to a lot of people. That's what I, That was my dream job as a kid, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Before I understood the concept of money, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to sell peanuts at a stadium. Here, I'll be like, I'm the best damn peanut salesman they've got. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, growing up, everyone's like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to be a, a teacher. I want to be a doctor. I want to be in the military. You know what I mean? You hear all yeah. just the normal stuff. And then here I was, I want to be a peanut vendor. <laughs> and everyone used to think it was like, hilarious. 
You'd probably you'd probably be one of those guys that was so ambitious that when someone ordered like something halfway down the aisle, you're doing like a wrap around your back pass to try to get it down to him on the aisle instead of passing it down. You're like you're doing goofy stuff like juggling and then. Throwing. Oh yeah, hey, I was a I was a quarterback in high school. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> I knew it. But uh, yeah, I mean, this this whole thing, and hopefully, will change as we move forward. Um, as they get to the bottom of things, but uh, it's it's going to be in the limelight. It might deter from what the Angels are doing on the field. And what I don't want it to do is to deter guys like Otani from staying and guys like yep. Trout from staying. Um, you know, it's going to be hard for these guys to push on because at some point the media, although not our media, like you said, because they're soft, but the media <laughs> from other cities is going to be like, hey, man, what's the story with Artie Marino? And they're going to have to start answering that. Of course. Yeah, it's let's see what happens. You know, this could very easily take Artie down with him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll cover the story as best as we can. Well, I'll tell you one thing, and the last thing I'm going to say about it is if he survives all this, the damn dude's Teflon. Nothing's <laughs> taking him away, dude. Nothing. Ever. Yeah. This guy's going to live till he's 206. <laughs> yep. Come on. Come on. Death is nothing to him. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, dude. I, I don't see anything taking him. When he on. dies, he's t- he's coming back and taking the team back. <laughs> he's like yoink. Artie's ghost. <laughs> oh man! All right, what uh, do you want to just name the pitchers we got for Toronto, or do you got anything else going on right now? Or uh, let's see. I mean, so Jose Rojas getting DFA. What do you think about that? Uh, I think that was a little too early, but I think they blew through his options last year, which hurt the team. Uh, you know, they, they sent him up and down so many damn times. They could have used a couple more of those this year. Didn't he have one more option? No. That was... he, they used an option this time, and they used an option last year. Yeah. I mean, they blew through all his options, dude. Um, he um, he actually would have been perfect to play the other day. I mean, we saw what happened with uh, May, May to, or Wade out there in right field. Oh, uh, one bounced out of his glove. Yeah, one bounced out of his glove. He threw a horrible pass or pass throw into second base that – it actually hit the bag like it didn't it didn't get to anybody. Um, he lost the ball in the lights three times. Uh, Renifo had to run into right field to catch it. Uh, and then the other thing is, <laughs> what do you think about <laughs> what do you think about Kurt Suzuki and his three hoppers to second base? <laughs> Prime Suzuki. There you go. Put him in, coach. He's ready. Dude, Renifo tried to catch those on the on the three hop and was like, okay, you know, let me try to make it look like it was close. And it was like way too late. I don't know how this guy still has a job, man. I'm not over here to try to call for people's jobs, and it's not fair of me to do that. But, man, I mean, I thought what, what Wallach was bringing to the table was better than a three hopper that Kurt Suzuki is, you know, providing. Like I told you, I honestly don't understand why they brought him back. They say it's because he was a good locker room guy, but, I mean, Really, was he that good where it's worth keeping a, you know, 200 hitter at his ceiling who can't even throw the ball to second base, which unfortunately is his job? It's like having a pitcher who can't throw a ball to the home plate. It's like having Rick and Keel after he had his mental situation where he couldn't pitch anymore. It's true. And, and that's the thing, too, with, with him – I look at the way they've been catching games and, you know, Stassi has been doing his thing when he's not hurt. Like he always is during the regular season, but Randy was right. Yeah. Yeah. And when Wallach, when Wallach was in there, um, look at the pitching staff, dude, did he have a, a game where he was in there where they gave up a lot of runs? No, 
uh, he caught a really good game every time he was in there. Now Wallach's bat hasn't you know blossomed like we thought, but you know he's put, he's still putting the ball in play. Uh, there, there's a feeling that he'll you know his bat will turn around. But uh, I'd much rather have him out there struggling, knowing that I got a 30 year old out there trying to find his way with a bat and can catch, could throw guys out, than a guy that can't do anything, you know. Yeah. And and he's subpar in everything he does. I believe you said it before, man. Chad Wallach, yeah, he's 30 years old, but you know, he has he's closer to his prime than Suzuki is. Suzuki's, you know, f- pushing 40 here. Yeah, what, 38, 39. Going to be 39 here. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's pushing 40. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, why are we having a guy who has his his best years behind him? At least Wallach has an opportunity to still learn and adapt to the game. Exactly, exactly. So we'll we'll just have to see what happens with that in the next coming days. Like, how long will Madden stick with Suzuki? And then my question to you, bro, you saw the revert now to Otani leadoff and Trout second again resting Walsh against lefties your thoughts about the lineup and what Madden's doing I want I want to hear what what you think with the first five or six positions in that lineup um I I want a little bit more consistency man in the lineup I mean I I don't like Otani at leadoff we never have uh, you know Trout batting second I don't like either but I'd rather have him at second than Otani at first you know, at least in theory, at that point, he has an opportunity to drive in runs. Otani, Trout, and Rendon's main job is to drive in runs, correct? Mm-hmm. So why are we putting him in situations, any of them, where you're not, where you don't have the best opportunity to drive in runs? We're not paying these guys what we're paying them. Granted, Otani is only getting a couple million dollars. You know, it's Rendon and Trout who are making the big bucks. Those guys combined are making what sixty million dollars, if plus. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. For $60 million, you better be driving in runs for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Rendon at third is fine. I mean, that's kind of where you want him. Honestly, if anything, I would probably have Rendon bat second, Trout bat third, Otani bat fourth. That's just me. And then I've always been a big fan of having a speedy guy bat first. You know, maybe a Luis Renjifo while we wait for Taylor Ward to come back. At least Renjifo can bun a ball and get on base. All right, then one other question to go along with that. <clears throat> Let's just say we're in the position that we are. Okay. We don't know when, um, you know, our boy Fletch is coming back exactly, if he's going to be the same. You got Renifo as an as a option, Wade. You still got Velasquez not really hitting. Um, let's just say they have the Ward and those, those other four hitters in the first five. You want more of a traditional one-two or at least a leadoff guy. What if the option to go to get a leadoff guy is from another team in the, in the trade deadline to get someone speedy, a high on base percentage type dude, walks a lot when he's not getting hits? Do you see anybody out there that the Angels can trade for that would fit that mold? And what position would he play? Man, I'm going to have to do some research, but I mean, it would have been great if the Dodgers would have never got Trey Turner for the Angels to go out there and get a guy like that. That would have been the, the premier guy to get. True, true. You know what I mean? Um, if Ward wasn't so hot, I would have liked the Angels to go after a guy like a Cedric Mullins okay. from the Orioles. Okay. He would have been a fun guy to get because, you know, the speed, the ability to make contact, good defense, you know, and the Orioles aren't exactly an elite team. So that would have been a guy to look at. But, you know, with the way Taylor Ward's been playing, I mean. And, and Mullins is an outfielder, correct? Correct. Yeah. So He's th- a center fielder, though. So you'd oh. have, if you were to trade for him, You'd have to be, a, you'd have to make sure that he's willing to play one of the quarter outfield spots. Wow, 
Yeah, see, that's a, that's the thing, because the way it's constituted right now, we don't really have. I mean, unless you're going to part ways with a Trout and an Adele, you don't, yeah. you can't use another starter out there. So, we'd have to look towards an infielder. I like that. Yeah. I like that pull of yours with Turner. I think that's a that would be a brilliant move. He's actually would have been, yeah. He's, he's a free agent. Yeah. Yep. He's a free agent after this year, and I mean, I I would love nothing more than for the Angels to try to get him because you know he's a speedy guy. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you don't have to worry about him not living up to a contract because his speed, you know, doesn't impact his bat. It doesn't impact. It, it impacts his defense to an extent, but he's good defensively. He's going to give you some good at bat. He's basically a Tyler Wade who can hit. Mm. See, that's that'd be the beautiful thing, and just be like, what you know. He's going to probably demand a good contract coming off a Dodger year where he's going to put up numbers. Probably, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it would be nice to have someone like that to lead off, to, to, to give a threat to get on base at all times. Uh, we'll just have to see if that's going to work itself out, either what we have in the farm system or on the, on the team, someone steps up. But as of now, I mean, that leadoff spot is a gigantic hole because, Taylor, like you mentioned, Taylor Ward, ideally you would like him in a power spot. You know, um, instead of leading off, but he, you know, no one's doing what he's doing, uh, so you got to have him where he's at. Yeah. So I mean, shortstop, second base seems to be the move that the Angels might make at the deadline. And like you said, it's got to get a, it's got to be a guy who's speed. It's got to be a guy who can set the table at the top of the lineup because the Angels do need a true leadoff hitter. I just don't know who that's going to be, and maybe that's something that we figure out as the time comes, you know, a little closer. True, true, because we definitely have a, this month here of June, which is going to start here in a couple of days, which is going to test this team, and <clears throat> we're going to see where they're at, and then we're going to see uh, how aggressive they're going to be come deadline. Um, th- we we all agree right now, despite of what you know how early it still is, this team should be a buyer because whether or not they they were to fall, worst case scenario, you know, games out of first place and not be able to be close to Houston, they're going to be in the wild card mix the whole way. So they're going to have to uh, to uh, to make some additions here to get better and to get more consistent. I wonder how fast Ryan McMahon from the Rockies is. He's a career. Uh, he's a career two forty five hitter. Never mind. Oh, okay. He's batting two sixty one right now. But I mean, well, my thing is we got to start keeping an eye on teams that are in last place. Like you got to yeah. look at you got to look at Pittsburgh. You got to look at Cincinnati. Uh, hell, Philadelphia has not been that great. They could fall back. Miami. Uh, you know, Baltimore. yeah, Baltimore teams like that and s- start scouting them, man, to see what we can, what we can uh, possibly offer them. Yeah. I mean, this will be an interesting conversation to have for the next couple episodes, right? We're only going to get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. We'll see, you know, what's going to happen with the angels, you know, naturally there will be injuries. I mean, they've happened already. They've, we've kind of already had the injuries and it's funny. I mean, I don't think our injury situations improved right now than it was last year. We have a ton of injuries right now, but the difference is we're winning games. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have some depth. Yeah, the yoga's paying off. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that we have a second uh, annual uh, trade deadline show like we did last year. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know who we're going to get super hyped about trading. We, you know, last <laughs> time when, you know, I mean, you want to talk about Roger Lutz creaming himself. It's nothing compared to when they traded Andrew Heaney away. You. <laughs> You had that same level of excitement, my brother. Oh yeah, dude! I it was orgasmic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was super happy. I think uh, we all were. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, if you got anything else, man, that might be the episode for today. Yeah, I mean, it was a two. It was a short series. That's why we had to throw in a little bit of this extra filler. But you know, absolutely. And then the Toronto series is, is currently going on right now. 
Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll talk a lot about the four game series upcoming here uh, in the next few days, uh, probably Sunday when we do our recap of that and our look ahead to the Yankees road trip. So that should be a lot of fun. We'll get into that. And uh, because it looks like the angels will be facing Cortez over there. So that's going to be pretty crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Game one. All right, Fernando for uh, Todd Fox and the other co-host. Fernando Mendez. Don't you have like a catchphrase you want to use right here? Viva los angelitos. There you go. <laughs> Later. <laughs>